Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Gallant Says Podcast, available live exclusively on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gallant Says, but also available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you haven't done it already, join the most interactive sports talk show on Twitch in the greater Houston area. Wait a second. I don't even know if I can make that claim anymore. I don't think I have the metrics to be able to do that. But guess what? You can only do that on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Galan says. Please follow if you haven't already. And okay, maybe you're a podcast person. Leave a nice review, rating, roast, like it. Whatever your app tells you to do. Do it, please, so I can feed my cat. It is Tuesday, April 19th of 2022. And let's just dive right into something that we saw today on the internet. Cleveland Browns are, I guess, comfortable admitting that this guy's their starting quarterback. They tweeted out, QB1 in the building. And you got a picture of Deshaun Watson wearing a Gucci t-shirt. Uh, a very, very uh, shiny-looking jacket, glasses, a hat, and there's a shit ton of snow in the background. He's also wearing a hat that says, Mamias made the miracle way. I don't fucking know. Wherever the case, the Cleveland Browns are now doing what they have to do, acting like the past didn't take place moving forward into the great unknown. And all I could say is I feel bad for the Browns Twitter account runner. Cause this person's probably getting paid shit and they are just going to get all sorts of tweets that are mean in response. And we're scrolling through a couple of them on the sidebar again, twitch.tv slash Galant says you got, um, Deshaun, how big would you say your average towel is that you bring to a masseuse? Oh, boy. Uh, there's a video of Deshaun Watson doing a squat upside down. Uh, Nick Carr says, sure seems pretty happy for a guy who would never come to Cleveland because of the weather. I was worried about the lack of sex predator type quarterbacks in the AFC North after Roethlisberger left. Thanks for keeping the tradition alive, Browns. You gave away three years of the draft to have your timeline turn into this hellhole. Browns can't stop browning. Disgusting that the Browns would give up all those asses to acquire a player with 22 sexual assault allegations. Blah, 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 blah. It is never going to end. So good luck, Cleveland Browns. This is what you signed up for. Let's shift into something else. How about this? You guys remember Ben McAdoo, right? Ben McAdoo, who used to be the head coach of the New York Giants. Well, he's the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers now. And at a press conference today, he was asked about his offense and who's going to be under center going into the season. And you look at Sam as your starting quarterback? Referring Sam to Sam is our starting quarterback, yes. One minute, 37 seconds later. You know, one of the things I've been working on is being better talking to you people. So, you know, announcing the starting quarterback here, I just put my foot in the mouth. So I, that wasn't something I should have said. You know what? Let's give Ben McAdoo credit where credit is due. The hair looks a lot better. I mean, we have seen Ben McAdoo go through all sorts of different looks, right? 
I mean, you had at one point Ben McAdoo with the really oversized suit. Let's see if I can find that so that you could see a picture. Twitch.tv slash Galan says, we will get you over there. Damn it. Uh, here we go. Oh, my God. Get a, get a fucking tailor, bro. Here is a picture of Ben McAdoo in a uh, very oversized suit. This isn't a great, this isn't a great uh, image. Here we go. I mean, looks, he looks so big. I suppose if you're looking like, you want to look like you have a lot of mass, like this is the way to go. But that coat's too big. The hair, not bad in this situation. But then we had Ben McAdoo, <laughs> greasy hair. Oh, boy. Uh, it doesn't look as bad, I guess, in this picture as I thought it would. So he's a guy who has gone through some different looks. This was the one where if you combine that with the oversized suit, he would look like just about every single mafia member from the 1930s on, right? He's looking a little bit better. I'll give him credit in that press conference. So awkward press conference moments are fun. And falling on the sword when you realize that you may have been talking out of your ass. I like seeing guys do that because we all talk out of our ass from time to time. It's a tricky spot to be in if you are the Panthers right now. The draft is two weeks away. Optimally, with that sixth overall pick, you want a quarterback. But none of the quarterbacks in this year's draft are really that good looking. Whether it's Malik Willis from Liberty Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, or it's Desmond Ritter in Cincinnati, maybe. Maybe it's Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Like those are the guys who are thought to be probably the top four quarterbacks off the board. The Panthers only have one pick for a while because of that Sam Darnold trade. They're going to draft a quarterback there. That is a lock. So McAdoo's in a tough spot. He's not in charge of personnel. He's honestly not even really in charge of much other than the offense. There are rumors swirling about how the Panthers might trade for Baker Mayfield, which I think would be a complete waste of time. Nothing against Baker Mayfield, who I think gets a little bit more grief than is due. The guy did play through an injury last year, and it was on Kevin Stefanski to bench him if he felt like he couldn't get it done, which he couldn't, especially when you have Case Keenum as an overpaid backup sitting behind him. What are you waiting to use him for? But... If you're the Panthers and you're Ben McAdoo, what the fuck are you supposed to say? So he was polite. He said Sam is our starting quarterback. He's going to get roasted for it. I'm not going to roast him for it. I like a guy who is willing to say, yeah, a minute and 37 seconds ago, I might have gotten myself in trouble. So I'm not 100% sure that Sam Darnold is our quarterback. It's funny. We don't like to say, I don't know. Who likes to say, I don't know? You could have some random person come up to you on the street and ask you a really pointed question about nuanced things like, what are your thoughts on the Ukraine situation? Hey, gas prices, how about that? And you might not know anything about it and you'll just keep going and going and going. Masks, you're not going to have to wear them on a plane anymore or at the airport. Do you think that's the right move? We all want to talk. And in that situation, Ben McAdoo wanted to talk. I'm not going to dump on him for that. Uh, something else. Let's shift into the USFL. So there's been a big, big hullabaloo over the last couple of days over the release of a random player that none of us have ever heard of before. His name is uh, Devion Smith. He played for, what team did he play for? The Pittsburgh Maulers. And he was cut. 
the headline that I saw as to why he was cut was something I saw on Barstool Sports yesterday. And it read, a USFL running back was reportedly cut for the act of wanting to eat pizza instead of chicken salad. They released a video online, the USFL did. It's called, I guess, the United by Football video series where they detailed why and how they made the cut. And uh, this is great. Hard Knocks got to a point on HBO where you weren't actually seeing all of the nitty-gritty awesome details behind the scenes of a football operation that you once were. The USFL, they have no choice but to show you how the sausage is made. And this little video that they put together showing why Devion Smith got cut is awesome. But the headline, again, it's because he wanted pizza instead of chicken salad? Let's watch. Well, he crossed the line. So we had to deal with it. This is very difficult for me as a head coach. It's my first time. But we have a business. Okay, this is business, and you're a businessman. We all are. Because that's the nature of the beast right now. But uh, when I first talked to you guys on March 22nd, I had a handbook. I covered some items that were very important to me. Line 46 addresses that. Any disrespect of football or members, staff, USFL, hotel, etc., would not be tolerated. And it's been brought to my attention that has occurred with you. So unfortunately, unfortunately, hear me out. Unfortunately, the cost of doing business, I'm gonna have to let you go. Okay. I didn't think I did anything or said anything disrespectful. I, I can tell you what happened exactly. It's not important. Right. It's not important. I don't know. It's already happened. Right. It's already happened. Let's pause for a second. I mean, it is somewhat important to get everyone's side of the story. I don't know that the head coach of the Pittsburgh Maulers, who is talking right there. Hey, Yod. Pittsburgh Maulers head coach. We should maybe do that little research before. Uh, Kirby Wilson is the one that was doing the interview right there. And he doesn't seem like he wants to actually hear Devion Smith's side. Here's Devion Smith's side. I didn't say anything disrespectful. He said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. I said, I walked away. I mean, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Me saying, yes, I don't eat chicken salad. And I was like, is there another option? Walked in with pizza. And I was like, can I get a slice of pizza? He said, no. I was like, he said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. That's all I said. I didn't say no cuss word, nothing. That's all I said. I promise you, no disrespect on my dad's life. I promise you. On his dad's life. Yes. And I appreciate So that's his side of the story. Is that actually authentic? I don't know. And it's really interesting to see the way that the internet reacts to something like this. Because we tend to take the very smallest detail from a story and act like that's the reason for something happening. I'm sure that this is not the only reason that... Kirby Wilson decided to make the decision to release Devion Smith. But this video puts it together as such, and then every single headline reads something like this. I went on Google, and the first thing that comes up when you look up Pittsburgh Maulers head coach, USFL Pittsburgh Maulers head coach Kirby Wilson embarrasses himself. Did pizza really cost Devion Smith a spot with the USFL's Pittsburgh Maulers? 
And look, Devion Smith is swearing on his father's light. Let's keep watching the video here. And again, awesome job by the USFL releasing this. I want to see the nitty gritty of a struggling to survive sports league. Did you share that? But the matters, it's done. It's done. I appreciate you sharing that. But good luck. Someone's feelings, hurt feelings, are a distant second to the greater good of the team. And we've moved on and turned that page, and I'm happy we did it. I can't mope about something. Just go home and work. I ain't no dumb dude, so I'll figure it out. All right. So, some quick thoughts. Say it was a matter of they offered chicken salad and he didn't want chicken salad. I am right there with Devion Smith on that. Chicken salad sucks. It's just like a smorgasbord of disgusting shit pieced together, right? And this, I'm guessing, is not like a healthy chicken breast on top of a salad kind of chicken salad. I'm guessing this is that dog shit stuff that's mixed together. I hate it. I'm picky. I get it. But that mayonnaise concoction chicken salad, ew. So if pizza's the alternative and you want pizza, okay. I'd like pizza. And Devion Smith seemed to believe that, yeah, he wasn't allowed to get pizza instead. So here's the reaction. The Pittsburgh Maulers put out a statement about Devion Smith being cut. On the first episode of United by Football, the weekly USFL all-access docuseries on Fox, Devion Smith was shown on camera being cut from our team by Coach Kirby Wilson. The show captures hundreds of hours of film with the intent of providing transparency to fans. But unfortunately, much of the context was left out in this moment. Smith had violated three team rules in a 24-hour span. And in this particular incident, disrespected cafeteria worker, which wasn't captured on camera. Smith has subsequently reached out directly to Coach Wilson to apologize and asked to be reinstated to the Mahler's roster. Okay, well, what the fuck were the other incidents? I mean, can't you put those out there? And Fuentes Respector says, I'm going to guess that the exchange didn't go as described. I am with you there. I bet that he was probably a dick. Wild guess, but he probably took things a little bit too far. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the guy didn't lose his job because he was being a dick to somebody in customer service, though no one likes a Karen, whether it's a guy or a gal, a guy or a gal being, that's pretty fucked up to be mean to somebody in customer service. I imagine it was probably, though, not an extremely polite back and forth. Is that, though, enough of a reason to cut a guy? Singularly, no, it can't be. Unless Devion Smith is just trash at football. So that's the statement that they put out. But Devion Smith, he said this. I said nothing disrespectful or did anything disrespectful. He retweeted that statement from the mauler saying, what rules did I break? Now you're lying on my name? Say less. He says three team rules. They really just put out a lie. Y'all really should be ashamed of y'all selves. Now y'all playing with my character and who I am as a mad. And who I am as a man. Show me the three team rules I broke, please. I actually want to know too. Now, if I send these screenshots from our exact conversation, who's the one lying? I was never made aware that I violated any team rules, let alone three in a 24-hour span. I never disrespected anyone. Coach Kirby and I spoke after being released. In that talk, he said that he'd certainly vouch for my character. 
if you're the Maulers, you got to release the other details. Unless, I guess, you don't want to seem like you're being petty. But I have questions. We all have questions. I don't even know that I necessarily believe Devion Smith. But I'd like to know more. And if you're going to do this United by football, which I think is a great idea, you got to go the full way. You got to give me every single detail that you possibly can. That's all. Fun start, huh? To the USFL. I give way more of a shit about this than the actual games itself. They're hard to watch. I watched a game between the um, Houston Gamblers and Michigan Panthers over the weekend, and it was some ugly, 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 ugly football. Sloppy. Let's shift over and talk about the NBA. How many people saw this moment last night in the game between the Golden State Warriors, who are now up 2-0 on... Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Let's take a watch. And you got to be watching twitch.tv slash Gallant says. Jokic walking to the sideline. Gets tapped on the ass by... Is that Gary Payton the second? And he doesn't like it. Just got, just got smacked on the ass. And he gets really mad. Steph Curry is the one standing in the way of Jokic. He's like, calm down, dude. You're just getting mad for the sake of getting mad. And maybe that's what, if you watch this video, Jokic, as he walks away, maybe he's realizing, yeah, I I got mad over nothing there. I I understand why Jokic maybe gets mad too. You're down to nothing. You're wearing these ugly-ass uniforms. That's really bizarre that he took it to that extreme. But it's also bizarre that slapping somebody's ass is a thing in sports, right? Am I the only person that feels that way? So I decided I'm going to try to figure this out. How did this start? So I Googled uh, butt slapping in sports. Um, We got a couple articles in front of me here. (laughs) And it shows a gif of Derek Jeter coming out of the Yankees clubhouse and Alex Rodriguez really grabbing a hold on that ass. Opening day, fresh cut grass, vendors hawking peanuts and beer, grown men slapping each other on the ass. The practice is so ingrained in sports in general that most players participated it unwittingly. They give and receive ass pats without any acknowledgement of the underlying implications. Celebratory ass patting falls into a larger category of straight bro behavior formerly known as homosociality, straight men engaging each other in a homoerotic manner as a way of bonding and forging friendships. <laughs> as this article continues, the kind folks at the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown, they don't actually know where ass slapping came from. Baseball players are credited with inventing or popularizing the high five, but what about the ass smack? Here's a story from the Philadelphia Inquirer in 1973 talking about Penn State's football. The article wrote this. This, so legend has it, is supposed to be the way of life for people who play defense in football. You wave clenched fists, exchange violent butt slaps, get high on your own pulsing adrenaline. Ron Jaworski apparently liked slapping asses during his run with the Philadelphia Eagles from 74 to 1986. Here's an article also, I think, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. 
Jaworski is still a butt slapper, a gung-ho hauler guy who is confident of his own ability and that of his teammates and hardly ever stops talking about it. Newspaper.com doesn't yield any mention of ass slapping in baseball in the 1970s, as this article continues. I definitely think of it more in terms of baseball. I think of it more in terms of football. Like I definitely remember being slapped on the ass while playing football going to the sideline. Kind of weird, right? Especially when you're in high school. But it's something. And we see ass slaps in all sorts of sports. So where did it start? Here's another article. The unspoken rules of butt slapping in sports. I was watching a basketball game. Team superstar call for an iso play. Waiting for the clock to, clock to dwindle down. Sank a fadeaway jumper at the buzzer. The players began celebrating. The hero of the game rushed to the bench, pumping his fist and giving high fives. While doing this, his teammates started slapping him on the butt. One after another. Where did this come from? I'm scrolling through this article, and there are some unspoken rules. This, is, this article is about the unspoken rules of butt slapping in sports. Okay. No squeezing. This is the number one rule. A butt slap should always be a quick tap. Make sure your fingers are together to avoid accidental cupping or to avoid temptation. <laughs> pick just one cheek. No matter how much you want to smack both or get a hold of yourself and pick only one cheek. Jesus. Uh, is this person, you know, suppressing some urges? Keep your eyes up. You don't have to look at the guys behind when giving him a butt slap. This will only make you look like you're actually enjoying this crazy antic. Fall in line. Did your teammate make a fantastic play? Wait your turn to give him a smack. Don't go rushing towards him like a kid drooling for ice cream. <laughs> uh, Stone Jam 206 says, yes, there's the key and peel slap basket. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and Fuentes Respecter. That's the weirder thing. Imagine getting your hand close to another dude's butthole and doing it on purpose. It's a, it's a great question. What else do we have here? I'm just going to go through all the articles that I looked up about butt slapping in sports. Uh, this comes from Eli5. Where did the concept of slapping butts originate in certain sports like football or baseball on Reddit? And no one has an answer. All right. Let's go to mentalfloss.com. Why do athletes slap each other's butts? This was written in 2013. And it refers to an article, uh, it refers to Chad Johnson being sentenced to 30 days in jail for violating his probation. The judge had reflected his plea bargain because she took offense to Johnson tapping his lawyer on the butt after he had apparently gotten a deal where there's no jail. I don't know that you're taking this whole thing seriously. I just saw you slap your attorney on the backside. Is there something funny about this? The whole courtroom was laughing. I'm not going to accept these plea negotiations. This isn't a joke. And I'm looking at this article, and, and and they asked a couple of college players, and they're, they're all like, "I don't, I don't know why this is happening." Uh, let's see here. A female tennis player told said that the meaning of the butt slap is pretty open ended, depending on the context. A nice smack on the butt could mean anything. It could mean nice job. You'll get him next time. It also could mean hi, how you doing? How's that essay coming along? Or wow, your butt is pretty muscly today. You've been working out. <laughs> A freshman lacrosse player explained that the butt slap was just a variation of the congratulatory shoulder or back slap, moved lower as a reflection of the intimacy between two players. Okay. A freshman football player thought that the gesture was congratulatory and theorized that it suited the needs of players on the field. High fives are becoming outdated. Handshakes work, but eye contact is made and it takes too much time. I suppose in the time of COVID-19 that smacking someone on the butt 
would potentially be safer. Remember how we were talking about how fist bumps were going to be a thing after COVID-19? Uh, a freshman fencer, what the fuck, mused that the butt slap was more complex, an expression of every man's desire to, quote, to be a cowboy. Cowboys give their horses a slap on the behind to get them moving. So the fencer thought, likewise with sports, men need to commune and help motivate one another as a team. It's standard practice and common courtesy to slap another man's ass if you feel he is slacking. Oh, my God. Uh, did you know this? In 2011, two Iranian soccer players were suspended and received pay cuts for a butt slap during a match. It's an immoral offense over there. Uh, history of the ass slap. This is not a very good one. Another one. Quora has a question. When did the practice of slapping players' asses in modern sports come from? I remember this. This is a person writing a story. Austin Payne on Quora writes... A story from 11th grade in high school in Texas. I was in a locker room. I could hear two guys talking about how they wanted to start slapping asses and how much fun they were missing out on by slapping asses and getting their asses slapped. Disturbed as I was, I went around the locker room rows looking for these two perpetrators. To my lack of astonishment, it was the two funniest goofballs on the team. They were cracking themselves up, practicing slapping butts for different situations. These two guys were absolutely not gay, but they were hilarious with their slap ass antics. Their goal was to get the coach to say, stop slapping each other's ass. So the next day at practice, they slapped each other on the ass with straight faces for all kinds of reasons in front of the coach. Hey, good practice today. Slap. Thanks, man. Slap. Hey, you made a good save. Slap. It ended with them having to run for slapping asses out of context. And when the period was over, they had to stop running. You guessed it. Hey, good job on the running. Slap. They had to run for two practices straight. And the slappy was actually angry at the unfair punishment because he is the one that got slapped. <laughs> No explanation. No explanations at all. We're going to have to try to find the actual answer to this. Why did butt slapping become a thing? Uh, but let's continue. This is the last thing we're going to talk about on today's edition of the Galant Says podcast. This is a story that comes out of um, a festival. But not a festival that I've ever heard of before. And... Uh, what's it called again? It's called the Influencer Fire Fest. But in my opinion, it's a reason that you can call everyone in Generation Z a bunch of pussies. No offense to cats out there. TikTok influencers paid $2,000 for tickets to a fashion brand's Coachella event. It's called Revolve. People were very upset about it. Why? Because there was poor transportation and bad management. Some people that came for this were stranded in a parking lot for hours. Oh, hours? Waiting for shuttles that didn't come. Antsy ticket holders were left hot and dizzy with no water. Oh my God, soft. It's April. Leading to several allegedly passing out. Uh, I, yeah, would want to double check on those allegations. Some complained of pushing, shoving, and shouting as influencers fought for spaces on buses when they finally did arrive. Prompted comparisons to the infamous fire Festival in the dystopian Hunger Games series. Uh, there's a reporter, blue check mark, Joseph Kapsch from the Los Angeles Mag, who is detailing what took place. 
I don't think this is as bad as it's being made out to be. We'll get to some of the people that are talking about what took place. But there were security people who were confused by what the hell was happening. One security guard on the ground about the chaos said, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. I don't know who is actually important and who is lying or if any of them are important. It's fantastic. And apparently it was an unorganized event. But to act like it's Firefest or something like that, where they're abandoned on an island and they weren't able to get out and it was days where they weren't able to get anything going on and paying tens of thousands of dollars, this seems very, I think, innocuous by comparison. But let's take a look at some video from this Revolve Festival. Ridiculous. I wish you called this is ridiculous. So there's this a security guard right here, and I guess everyone's trying to get on one of the buses to the actual event. But they stopped letting people on. So this guy wearing the Hurley hat with the Hawaiian shirt. Uh, this is ridiculous. I wish you called this the is ridiculous. Get back. Let me see your badge if you're an influencer. Let me see your badge if you're an influencer. So it's for influencers only, I guess. Okay. Slowly get on the bus. It was, I guess... The entire frustration with what took place at Revolve was about transportation and waiting a long time for transportation. But okay, this is the article. What do the little Generation Z dipshits think? These little assholes who I am jealous of who have amassed a gigantic following on an app called TikTok by doing I don't know what. I'll be honest, took a look at some of these people's TikTok accounts. I find them to be talentless hacks. You could make the same argument for me. But let's go to the account of Avery Bishop, who was very, very upset with what took place at the Revolve Festival. Revolve Festival, absolute chaos. So the Revolve Festival is an invite. Let's pause for a second. Absolute chaos. There's, There's... like two lines. That's it. Only party that's going on the same weekend as Coachella. And the only way you can get to Revolve Festival is if you take their specific shuttles to their grounds. Let's pause and start that again. Wait a second. There's a festival the same weekend as Coachella? Why the fuck are you going if you're anybody? If you're someone who matters, go to the event that actually matters, right? So the Revolve Festival is an invite-only party that's going on the same weekend as Coachella. And the only way you can get to Revolve Festival is if you take their specific shuttles to their grounds. Invite-only party. I have been to parties that were invite-only. And something you learn when you go to a party that's invite-only, they're not always going to let every single person who is invited in. They very often overbook. I remember this took place for me with the, uh, I think it was the Barstool Super Bowl party at in Houston in 2017. I waited in line for a really long time to get in, and I realized, ah, I'm probably not getting in. They just invited as many people as they possibly could. And I remember Guy Fieri came out the door, and I was so close to the front of the line, thought I was going to get in. And he's like, yeah, guys, hope you're having fun. And we were like, oh, fuck off, Guy Fieri. Anyway, let's continue uh, watching Avery Bishop's recount of the horrors of Revolve Festival. I didn't even get into the festival, guys. I waited in line for two hours. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I waited in line for two hours. Go to the fucking DMV like I did last week. Tough shit. 
The fire festival was way harder than this. I waited in line for two hours. It's, we're failing on Revolve because the transportation and it was fire festival too. The logistics of getting to the festival were dangerous. Don't you love, let's just watch that part again. Don't you love how she's trying to act like she's not super pissed off. She's so mad right here. And then her friend tries to come in and like actually chime in. It's, watch we're this. failing on Revolve because the transportation and she just turns the camera away from her friend. This is just so TikTok. Also, the person in the background tried to get clout off of this Avery Bishop character who has like a million followers on TikTok. Kill me, right? I don't get this generation. There was pushing, shoving, shouting, yanking people in front of the buses, people standing in between the buses. Oh like, my God! They were moving just to get on these buses and get to the Revolve Festival. Big yikes. Sorry, Revolve, but I really hope you take into consideration everyone's safety and security next year. The one great- Everyone's safety and security next year? They don't give a fuck. It's a corporation, right? I don't even know what the hell Revolve is. Let's look this up really quickly. Revolve. I'm sure everything that's going to come up. Revolve is a revolve.com. What the hell is this? Oh, it's like a clothing store. Okay. Oh, wow. That's pretty funny that all the pictures that are on the front are basically from, I guess, whatever this uh, event was. The Revolve Fest. Sorry. Avery, you weren't cool enough. Anyway. Uh, the thing I got out of waiting for two hours in line was the fact that I got to meet Kate, our TikTok queen. I hope you got on a bus, Kate. <laughs> Revolve. <laughs> I hope you got on a bus, Kate. No, you didn't. You hope that Kate didn't get in. I met Kate. Oh, my God. She's going to repost my TikTok. And ah. uh, for respect her. I'm happy she didn't get in. Me too. You know, it's some kind of inferiority complex when deep down she doesn't think she's pretty or cool enough to get in. But again, let's take a look at her account. That's all I'm going to say. 783.8 thousand followers. Good for her, right? But. Okay. Is that the authentic person that we just saw on TikTok? Or is maybe this response that uh, Avery Bishop has to someone who, I guess, said, like, there's people dying, you know, like in the Ukraine. Like, who gives a shit what you have to say? Avery, there's li people that are dying. You know what, Anna? You're right. Influencers can't be multifaceted individuals who have interests in humanitarian efforts and political current issues. In I want to hear her thoughts on political current issues. <laughs> I really want to hear them. What does she have to say about Ukraine? Is she pro-Putin? Does she feel like if Putin were to successfully take over Ukraine, that gas prices would go down? What does she think about Joe Biden? I really want to know. Yes, influencers are allowed to have interests. They are allowed to complain, but I don't have to give a shit about them. And if you're complaining to the world, of course, there are going to be people that come after you and call you a fucking idiot. Anyway, let's keep going, Avery. In fact, influencers aren't human at all. But I, I don't not. know if you're that's actually That's actually true. Influencers are not human at all. Like, imagine living your fucking life on TikTok and all of the things that you post are essentially... 30 seconds or less where you're saying NBD, MMG, or dancing around. We'll go to some, we're going to hate watch some of this fucking shit. I'm jealous. Again, she's way more successful at uh, social media than I am. She's verified on TikTok somehow. 
But let's just go back to this entitled little brat. Human at all. But I, I don't know if you're new here, but I'm- I don't know if you're new here. I am new here. I, 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 don't, I don't want to stay. My side of the influencer world, we are multifaceted human beings. On my side of the influencer world, we are multifaceted human beings. Jesus Christ. In fact, I run an international nonprofit. Oh, an international nonprofit. Is that how you get um, tax write-offs? Smart. Hugh Jackson would approve. Provide scholarships to young girls in provincial villages of the Philippines. Ooh. I also am the youngest council member in the city of Dallas on the Anti-Hate and Discrimination Council. <laughs> Wait a second, what? Let's go back to this. Philippines. I also am the youngest council member in the city of Dallas on the Anti-Hate and Discrimination Council. I gotta hear that one more time. That is a long title. Provide scholarships to young girls in provincial villages of the Philippines. I also am the youngest council member in the city of Dallas on the Anti-Hate and Discrimination Council. The youngest council member in the city of Dallas on the Anti-Hate and Discrimination Council. So the person that no one fucking listens to. Okay, let's keep going. For Mayor Eric Johnson, I do many things to help save people's lives. But more importantly, what are you doing? Like, no one, no one asked you if you're saving people's lives. They just said there are people that are dying and here you are bitching like you went to Firefest when you were just waiting in line for two hours. Emily says she doesn't sound insecure at all. LOL. She sounds pissed. And look, we've all been there, right? I was just on a hold with customer service with Apple for a good, let's say, 50 minutes or so. And they were trying to explain to me that they can't give me a refund for three months back because I've had two YouTube premium subscriptions going for like two months, one through Apple and one through Google. I had a nice back and forth with the lady's name was happiness. <laughs> I was talking to, I don't know if that's, that's her birth, her birth name or if that's a name that she took on. She was friendly. I was like, look, I, I get it's not your fault, but I mean, it's kind of bullshit that I called you guys last week where I would have been able to get the refund for three months and now I can't, huh? And you know, but we were on hold for a while. It was like 45 minutes of my time that I wasted. You're outside with a bunch of TikTok people talking to them, not on hold, trying to get something that should have been taken care of, taken care of, and you're getting pissy. And if you think that everyone's going to take your side, no one under fucking stands you. You went to an event that only you and people like you can understand. And you're acting like a condescending asshole leaving it. So uh, Avery Bishop... Um, this is this is what makes you successful on on TikTok, okay? Uh, ooh, this this is titled. Wait a second, I, I I feel uncomfortable actually looking at all of these. I'm not gonna lie. All I know is that I I just do not like this person's account. I don't like it. So let's let's maybe there's somebody else who can who can tell us about the Revolve uh, Firefest. Uh, let's go to uh, Queen of Getting Banned, Christy. Howard, I'm sure she can bring some sense to this uh, conversation. Did from and exhausted from standing in line for hours and just pissed off at the whole thing. I think a lot of people are misunderstanding what I meant when I said like randos. I'm not like entitled at all. I if you follow, I'm not entitled at all. Well, you have to wait in line for things from time to time. You have to. <laughs> I went to a festival in September in Vegas. I had to wait in a line to get in. It wasn't two hours, but it took a little bit of time to get in. Anyway, I mean, you know, I don't do these things at, like anything like this. I don't do these things, anything like this. You're on fucking TikTok. Yes, you do. 
You know, you can't even string together a conversation without pausing to edit every five fucking seconds. As you can clearly tell, edit, 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 edit. I wonder how long this originally was before you decided to cut it down. And Fuente's respecter. Of course she has pink hair. I, I suppose I don't want to hate on her for having pink hair. It, it's clearly dyed, uh, not natural pink. Literally just talk about my anxiety and poop and grief and literally all genres. The re I literally just talk about my anxiety and poop and literally all genres. Okay. Jesus Christ. And I was saying randos was it's because it was the people that were acting this way that I was like, who the fuck are they? I did see if. So there were, I guess, randos that were cutting to the front of the line. Who the fuck are they? Well, who the fuck are any of you? None of you matter. No random person that is working security is going to recognize you. No one is going to do that. They are all going to see just a bunch of young, hot people that likely have a ton of followers on TikTok, and they're going to wonder why the fuck they have any value to society, right? Emily says she's not a normal girl. She's a cool girl. Fair point. Uh, let's continue to watch uh, Christie's little rant. A few people that I recognize in line from social media, and those people were all literally acting normal, waiting in. Everyone I knew was acting normal, but everyone I didn't know was acting like a bass. In line, most of them ended up leaving. I just meant the people that I personally didn't know who they were were the ones that were like shoving and acting like psychos. I doubt that. I bet there was at least one person you know that was acting like a psycho. And I bet at one point you did. And guess what? We all have tempers. We all get mad over things. Uh, that you're going and putting together this rant, which I, shit, has two, two, more, two more minutes of this rant. Uh, do we really want to sit through the last two minutes? Do we want to keep going? Oh my God. Uh, I, I'm sidetracked. Uh, let's just keep diving. So I guess just as an influencer being told I was invited to an influencer event for VR. Oh my God. Like people, you get invited to things and you don't always get in. Like they don't give a shit about specifically you. It's an influencer event. They needed a set amount of influencers to get in to post about it, to bring awareness to Revolve. And then after that, they don't give a shit. So a couple of you guys didn't get in and you're really mad about it. And you had to wait two hours in a parking lot. They probably invited too many people. That is on them, but uh, the whining as if this was some horrible tragedy where you flew to an island and you were stuck there for multiple days and there was no food to eat and there was no water and there was no bathrooms or something like this. Whether it's Woodstock 99, I think, or it's the actual Firefest, spare me. <laughs> VIP experience seeing these people do this I was just like what the hell is going on I think it was just like so that's what's funny about this here this is just watching all these edits that these tiktokers do influencer event for VIP experience seeing these people do this I was just like what the I was just like and then there's an edit what the hell what the hell is going on I think it was just like and you had to do another edit after that what the fuck okay I can't I can't I can't do this anymore can't do it. Can't do it. But I think we're going to have to do some more TikTok deep dives. I got to figure out why. Why does it exist? Who are these fucking people? <laughs> uh, Emily, are you a fan of Better Call Saul? I am. I have not watched the premiere. I need to rewatch the whole series before I do. I imagine that I will have rewatched it probably by midway through next week. I'm in the midst of uh, late season two right now. I needed to refresh myself. I, uh, Breaking Bad, I've watched six times. I know that show like the back of my hand. Better Call Saul, I feel like at least owes one rewatch before I get into the final season, so I know what I'm talking about. But 
I actually thought the premiere was going to be the weekend, uh, the week after this week. So I got to pick my pace up. Uh, and Fuentes Respector, they need to come up with another word for influencer. Yeah, uh, conceited asshole. That There you go. <laughs> I think that works. All right, everybody. Appreciate y'all tuning into this edition, a long edition of the Gallant Says Podcast. Sorry, we got really sucked into TikTok. Thank you so much for tuning in. Twitch.tv slash Gallant Says. You can watch the video only on Twitch. You can interact with me live only on Twitch, but also available Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful Tuesday night.